house of the Lord, hear the word of God take its place. Let us stand in body or in spirit, ready to be saved by invitation for grace and justice between us. If you're able, please stand.
Let us pray. God of movement, when we stand idly by, forgive, challenge, and change us. When we look the other way, or overlook the needs of our sisters and brothers, just because they are not right in front of us, forgive, challenge, and change us. When we use a microscope to pick someone apart because their ideas and behavior makes us uncomfortable, forgive, challenge, and change us. When we look immediately with suspicion at what is new, when we look askance and quickly close our minds, when we criticize and judge too quickly because of what our eyes see, forgive, challenge, and change us. God of the journey, guide our feet and our hearts home to you. Sit with us, gathering us close to you and to each other. Garner the positive ideas that flow and the questions that keep us searching and the love that lies deep within us and help us channel them well. In all times, in every place, you are with us, forgiven, challenged, changed. And hear us now as we say together the words that Jesus taught us. Our Father. Verses 
morning. Uh, our food bank is open at the West Halls from 10 to 12 and 7 to 8 p.m. on Tuesday as normal. You may have seen from the, the screen before the service that we're going to be talking a bit about our givings over the next few weeks uh, and all members are asked to review their givings as they stand at the moment. Um, and if you need any advice about how and different ways to give, uh, you can speak to Jackie Petty or Kay Farley. But more on that in the next few weeks. Uh, Saturday, 3rd of June, is an agricultural show, which is a great afternoon. Uh, the schedules for the craft and baking section, if you've got the guts to enter them, uh, are available from the paper shop or by contacting Isabel Stewart and the details and the information is on our website. Uh, on the 4th of June, we have our congregational lunch in aid of Rwandi. Caroline brushed the menu at me before I was walking to church. A quick scan, it looks delicious. Um, and you make a donation on leaving that. There's no, no price, uh, but you make a donation from the line as you leave. Also on 4th of June at 7.30, we've got the Glasgow Chamber Orchestra presenting 
which promises to be a really good night, and took a five pound on the door. Uh, next Sunday, we're going to dedicate a bench in memory of our late minister, the Reverend Colin Campbell. Uh, the plan is to have the dedication after the service in the Rose Garden. Uh, if the weather is inclement, we might as well bring the bench into the church so that it's across for us on the evening. And finally, the sadness, uh, we announced the death of a member, William Young, who died in the last week. Uh, William's funeral will be held on Wednesday, the 31st of May. There's a private funeral at Houston Cemetery at 11 a.m., followed at 11.30 by a service of thanksgiving here in the church. Please keep Sandy and Rhea and all the family in your thoughts and prayers. Uh, these are all our information. And Janet Anderson is going to read for us this morning.
From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. This creed, or version of this creed, repeated by Christians in various forms for nearly 1,700 years, generates a need in us, a desire to look up, up to heaven, whatever that means, and await a second coming, whatever that means. This became the perfect strategy for reinforcing Christianity and Christian belief over the centuries. Bigger and bigger churches and cathedrals, higher and higher spires, larger and more grander windows, and ceilings with art beyond imagination, all serve to remind us of the need to look up and wait. Look up and wait. When you think about it, it's a strange strategy for a world religion. And friends, it's a strategy that, in our own country, is undoubtedly failing. While we look up and wait, our national church is facing a crisis of existential proportions. Our General Assembly is meeting this week to discuss, amongst other matters, a report from the Assembly Trustees. This report is freely available to download from the Church of Scotland website. And I must tell you, it makes for bleak reading. Here are a few of the most serious points it raises, and I'm going to quote directly from the report here. We now have 283,600 members. The 2021 number was a 4.6 reduction compared to 2020. Similar falls in previous years, and the same expected in 2022. We had 1,280 baptisms. That is an average of just over one per congregation, compared to 50,000 per year in the late 1950s. Only 430 professions of faith, a small number of new members, compared to around a 10,000 reduction in our membership numbers each year. We are averaging just one wedding per year per congregation. The vast majority of our ministers are over the age of 50, and it is estimated that 40 to 50 percent of them could retire in the next 10 years. One in every 12 members is an elder, and almost two in five of regular attenders will be elders. The pressure of managing our church is falling on a high proportion of our remaining number. We still love our buildings, and here I'm extrapolating, but with 5,000 buildings, there is one church building for every 57 members. Look up and wait. If you put all the churches in the country, all the congregations from largest to smallest, the church in the middle, the median, looks something like this. 169 members, 45 attending in person on a Sunday, average age 63, zero professions of faith, five children, one baptism, zero weddings, eight funerals. It doesn't take an expert in business to tell you this is not an organization in good health. As someone who teaches marketing for my sins, my students know only too well that if the number of customers defecting is greater than the number of new customers brought in, then a business will inevitably fail. Yesterday, the outgoing moderator, the Right Reverend Ian Greenshields, in his final address stated, as a denomination, we are drifting, with no clear sense of where we are or what God wants us to do. Look up and wait. How do we deal with this problem of a failing church? We moan about our secular society, 
we make vain, half-hearted attempts to get more people to believe, and it never works. Now, I'm very confident, as well as many other people in this room, that we have a society that needs Christians, perhaps more than ever. But our, our response, and the response of our national church, to the monumental problems we face, and perhaps here I refer to Christianity in the UK in general, is often dither, deny, and delay. Over, for example, whether gay people feel welcomed or can become members or ministers, our own national church still allows for gay marriage to be a choice. The Church of England, led by the man who crowned our king, is so terrified of division that it would rather maintain its homophobic traditions than make the radical changes necessary. We still have denominations that deny women the right to lead worship. Like it or not, Christianity, when viewed from the outside, uses or has used the Bible to justify all sorts of evil suppression, racism, violence, hatred, discrimination. In our own congregations, we often fuss over minor issues, sweating the small stuff, and we still wonder why we can't attract new members. While we look up and wait, the world is turning its back on us, moving on, and our church is being left behind. The frustrating thing is, it doesn't have to be like that. And here we can turn to our reading from John, a short reading, but one with such important resonance for our church today. For you granted him authority over all people, that he might give eternal life to those you have given him. Now this is eternal life, that they know you, the one true God, and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. I have brought you glory on earth by finishing the work you gave me to do. Here you could be forgiven that I am presenting a massive contradiction. How can I stand sitting, criticize, looking up and waiting, and then talk about eternal life? One of the most inspiring messages I've ever watched was a short film by American pastor, theologian, and Rob Bell called Priest, part of a series of 24 films challenges us to think about our Christian life as living between trees. The tree of knowledge in Genesis and the tree of life in the book of Revelation. In it he says, hoping and waiting, are we just hanging around until some future date when something great happens and then we kind of get on from there? I need a God who's now. I need a God who teaches me how to live now. I need a faith that's about today that helps me understand the world that I live in today. The world that you and I know is here and now. The place Earth we call home. I need to know how to live here and find meaning and purpose today. This is my understanding of Jesus' message. He teaches us to live in the reality of God, now, here, and today. So according to Rob Bell, eternal life is all about living as Christians in the present with our eyes not fixed on the skies, but firmly on the world around us and the path beneath our feet. I don't believe Jesus simply came to arrive and depart to make us look up. He brought us a vision of how eternal life can be here on earth, a vision that resonates as strongly as ever right here, right now. The amazing thing is that I think we get glimpses of this eternal life all the time. When I was thinking about this sermon, so many recent images came to my mind. 
creating the Garden of Gethsemane for Holy Week, our community tailings for Houston Hello, our volunteering day clearing our woodland in the rain, and our amazing church carnival. All church events, all creating an amazing sense of togetherness and purpose, and all, interestingly perhaps the most, punctuated by the strong presence and contribution of people who don't attend church. People who might not even claim to be Christians, but people who recognize the meaning and the value of the work that we do in the world. People who perhaps feel like they belong, whether or not they actually believe. And that, I am certain, is where the future of our church lives lies. Creating spaces where people can feel that they belong and contribute something really meaningful to our world. This, just perhaps, is the real route to eternal life. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit. One God, as it was in the beginning, is now and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. We continue our worship with him, 685, for everyone born and placed at the table.
time has come to thank you for the love, the lessons, the light, and the gifts you shower on us. The time has come to bring to you the needs of our world and the dreams hidden in our hearts. The time has come to offer to you and to each other all we have, all we are, and all we dream we might become. Beloved God, we are surprised at the ordeals that find us, the harsh words we hear and sometimes say, the brick walls our ideas career into, and the cracks through which our dreams often disappear. We pray today for our church, commissioners at the General Assembly, and especially our own minister. In this time of greatest challenge, be with them and give them your light to find a way out of the darkness. We pray for all people of our world who find themselves facing doubt, injustice, disease, despair, and war. Today we pray especially for the people of Ukraine, Sudan, Turkey, Israel, and Gaza. We pray for peace, justice, and prosperity. We pray for all refugees. May they have a safe passage and a warm welcome wherever they decide to make their home. Beloved God, we are surprised at the ways you come and find us, in the people who love us, the strangers who bring kindness, the ideas and dreams that plant themselves in the smallest speck of fertile ground. We give you thanks for our church, community, and congregation. We pray for our village, our nation, and those who govern us. Give us all the strength to do what is right and just, to focus our eyes on the problems around us, and the wisdom and courage to act. In a moment of silence, we bring our own private prayers before your throne of grace. All these prayers, and those known only in our hearts, we offer to you, our Lord and Redeemer. Amen. After our final hymn, there will be a word of benediction, the threefold Amen, and then we will sing Praise God, from whom all blessings flow, as the Bible leads the sanctuary. Our final hymn is Longing for Light, We Wait in Darkness.
him, go and be like him. And may the God who calls you into being call you into the world to be a blessing there. And may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us all evermore. Thank you.